You're listening to the World Watch Weekly Podcast by Open Doors Canada. The goal of this podcast is to help you pray for your persecuted family. Since 1955, when Brother Andrew went behind the Iron Curtain for the first time, Open Doors has been strengthening persecuted Christians where faith costs the most. For more information about Open Doors Canada or about the World Watch List, please visit our website at www.opendoorsca.org. Enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the World Watch Weekly Podcast. I'm Andrew, and with me, as always, is Jared. Hey, everyone. Today is going to be an interesting episode because we are traveling to the land of the pyramids to talk about persecution in Egypt. Now, Egypt has a long Christian history, and traditionally, it dates back to Mark, the gospel writer Mark, bringing the good news of Jesus Christ there. Egyptian history of persecution is just as long. In fact, uh, the Coptic Christian calendar, Coptic Christian being a term for Egyptian Orthodox Christians, the Coptic Christian calendar starts with the year 284 AD. That is the year that Diocletian became the emperor of Rome. Now his reign was marked by the torture and mass execution of Christians, especially in Egypt. Now, many people know about the persecution of Christians in Egypt today because they remember events like Palm Sunday of 2017, when two churches were bombed. At least 47 were killed, and more than 100 people were injured. These bombings made news headlines all over the world. And yet, this is just one example of the persecution facing Egyptian Christians. Yeah, in Egyptian society, the majority Islamic culture regards Christians as second-class citizens. This view puts Christians at a disadvantage in the political realm and in their dealing with the state. It also creates an environment in which the state is reluctant to respect and enforce the fundamental rights of Christians. Egyptian Christians are often victims of social exclusion. They face constant discrimination in areas such as justice, education, basic social services. Believers from Muslim backgrounds face pressure from their families and communities. They may be beaten or expelled from their homes. Thousands of churches are still awaiting official recognition, and there were dozens of attacks on churches during the 2020 World Watch List reporting period. Yeah, now Christian girls, especially in in Upper Egypt and rural areas, are specifically targeted for abduction and forced marriage. There are even reports of kidnappers getting paid per girl if they deliver them to an extremist organization. As you can imagine, this puts a lot of pressure on, on young Christian girls and their families. In, in areas of higher risk, Christian women are often fearful to travel alone without the company of a male from their family. Uh, when a girl is kidnapped, sometimes a staged video surfaces of the young girl dressed in a veil saying she is converted. And unfortunately, police often do nothing and sometimes are complicit or even complicit with the kidnappers. And once that video surfaces, you know, there's going to be no help at all from police or anyone because, oh, no, she's converted even though it was forced conversion. There's other types of persecution believers can face. Uh, One recent story that came out of Egypt uh, illustrates that. How do I say this? If someone has to bury their 11-year-old son, that's a tragedy. It's a heartbreaking tragedy. Having to dig their son up four days after his funeral because the fellow villagers don't want a Christian buried near their village is cruel persecution. But that's the story of little Samir from El Kafa in Egypt. 
It was when the mourning father, whose name was Mark, went to report his son's death at the local authorities that the family first heard something was wrong. He says, the official told me that I wouldn't get my son's death certificate until we removed him from his grave. As a Christian, he couldn't be buried so close to a Muslim cemetery. I argued with them as we had legally bought the land as a cemetery, but I went back home with empty hands. The story gets worse. Back home, uh, the police are waiting for Mark. The grieving father was arrested for burying his son. They didn't take into account my circumstances and situation, Mark says. They insulted me and dealt with me badly. After a two-day court case, the judge sent Mark home with a small fine and the order to move his son's body to a cemetery 100 kilometers away from the hometown. Mark and his lawyer appealed the decision, but using your legal right is not always appreciated in Egypt, apparently. A public bus that Mark uses to travel home was stopped. Mark was pulled out of the car and arrested again. His crime, quote-unquote crime this time, appealing the decision of the judge. So he's back in court, and Mark is pressured with violent words and forced to cancel the appeal. Then he has to call his family to tell them to dig up the body of Samir right away, otherwise he won't be released. This is the height of persecution, Mark says. The whole event has been utterly traumatizing for his mother, Mary, and her other three young boys, Samir's brothers. Mary said, I just cannot forget the view of my son's body after we removed it from the cemetery. Me and my children have had nervous breakdowns and we cannot sleep well. Justice for their son. That's all that these parents want. They want those responsible for the removal of his body to be held accountable, but mostly they just want their son's body to return to his burial place close to their home. Because despite all that's happened, that's what they need to do, mostly. Mourn the loss of their beloved son. What an incredibly difficult and cruel situation. Like, not only having to dig up your son, but you get arrested because you buried your son where you legally were allowed to, but not. And then you got fined and all of this. It's just, it just shows the, the lengths that persecutors will go to to persecute Christians. And this family definitely needs our prayers and we'll pray for them in, in a few minutes. And the reality is that there are so many other stories of persecuted Christians in Egypt that we could share. From uh, Marcos, whose faith really became real to him when he, uh, when he saw his father martyred in the street. Or the story of Nadia, who watched her son be murdered for his faith right in front of her, and who ultimately is praying that the men who did it would meet Jesus Christ. It's stories like these that have given me a great appreciation for Christians in Egypt. Because while Christians in Egypt face high levels of pressure and especially violence, they are incredibly bold in their faith. They are also incredible at showing grace and forgiveness. In fact, Coptic Christians in Egypt were even nominated for the 2018 Nobel Peace Prize for their refusal to retaliate to the violent persecution they had faced. One of the first stories you hear about at Open Doors Canada, when, and maybe you remember this one from your core values training when you started, Jared, is a lesson about praying for persecuted Christians in Egypt. It's a story of a pastor in Egypt who for years led a prayer meeting attended by hundreds. A Western visitor once asked him how people in North America and Europe could pray for Egypt. And this is what he answered. Please don't pray for us. Please pray with us. Why? He explained that it was because if people pray for them, 
they will pray for the wrong things. You will pray that we will be safe. You will pray that persecution will end. We aren't praying for those things, he says. We are praying for Egypt and that Christians will be bold in sharing the gospel. We are praying for millions of Muslims to come to faith in Christ. We are praying that when the inevitable persecution comes, because so many Muslims are coming to Christ, that we will be faithful to Christ in the midst of that persecution, even if it costs us our lives. See, that story and the many other stories that I've heard from Egypt exemplify the courageous faith of Egyptian Christians. They are bold, they are courageous, and they want God to move in their country. What an example for us. And so we want to pray with our persecuted family today. And so we're going to give you some ways that we can be praying with them. The first is this, pray for Samir's family, specifically his father and mother, Mark and Mary, and their three boys. Pray that they would be able to grieve and that they would experience healing from the trauma that they've endured. We'll pray that Christians would be bold in sharing their faith and that many Muslims would come to faith in Jesus Christ in Egypt. And we want to pray that Christians in Egypt would be faithful to Christ amidst the persecution. So let's pray now. Lord God, we come before you now to thank you for who you are and thank you for what you have done for us through giving us salvation through Christ. Lord, we think of our brothers and sisters in Egypt who so faithfully uh, so faithfully hold fast to their faith, who seek to be reflections of you in Egypt. And Lord, even as they undergo persecution, we know that you are with them. And we pray that you will uh, help us to, uh, to stand alongside them as they continue to fight the good fight. Lord, we think today of Mark and Mary, the parents of little Samir, and for their three other boys, we are just so grieved to hear of the traumatizing experience that they had to go through in removing their son's body. And Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit will be with that family today. We pray that you would grant them peace. Pray that you would grant them comfort, that the trauma would not last, but rather that they would be able to, uh, to think of their son uh, who is with you now and that it would not be something that harms them or haunts them for a long time. Give them healing, Lord, holy healing. We pray that they, as well as other believers in Egypt, would be bold in sharing their faith. We pray for Muslim communities that might seek to do harm to your children. May they come to know you. May they see the truth that comes from a relationship with you, Lord. We pray that your Holy Spirit would do a mighty work in Egypt and that your children, our brothers and sisters in Egypt, would continue to be faithful amidst the persecution. We thank you for what you have done and what you will continue to do there. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thanks so much for listening to this episode of World Watch Weekly Podcast. We appreciate if you would, if you enjoyed it, that you'd subscribe, like, rate, review, and uh, share the podcast with someone else so more people can be learning about and praying with our persecuted family around the world. If you have any questions, maybe you want to hear one of those stories that I mentioned but didn't tell you, feel free to reach out and email us at podcast at odcan.org. Thanks for listening. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to this episode of World Watch Weekly from Open Doors Canada. For more information on how to pray for our persecuted family, please visit our website, www.opendoorsca.org. Click Get Involved and then click Prayer. Prayer.